This is Ozarks at Large. For 150 years, things have been happening on the University of Arkansas campus. And for nearly as long, there have been people, students, faculty, staff, trying to inform the rest of the campus community about what is happening. This week, as he continues to observe the sesquicentennial of the University of Arkansas, Charlie Allison, the executive editor for university relations at the U of A, places his spotlight on some of the efforts to inform at the University of Arkansas. On a cold but sunny day in early February 1948, the editor of the student newspaper gave two staff members an assignment to cover the admission of Silas Hunt, the first black student at the university in more than two generations. Hunt's decision to enroll in the School of Law was arguably the most important news event at the university since its founding. The two students, a reporter named Bob Douglas, who was a veteran of World War II, and Bob McCord, a crackerjack photographer who was a bit younger, left Memorial Hall and went next door to the School of Law to witness the event and ask Hunt for an interview. Their stories and photographs appeared in an extra edition that day, even before the state and local newspaper stories made it to print. The extra edition included an editorial column by Wanda Wassner. She wrote, quote, We have failed to provide adequate schools for the members of the Negro race. To deny them the right to higher education would be contrary to our professed belief that each man can go forward according to his own merits. She concluded the editorial saying, The traveler is in favor of the decision. In a nutshell, this anecdote captures the mission of a student newspaper. It reports on news of consequence to its primary readership, the university's students. It tells the outside world about the goings-on of the university and preserves the university's history. It holds officials accountable, and it offers student journalists a hands-on learning experience. The first student newspaper at the U of A, titled The University Weekly, was published October 10, 1906. Students had published literary magazines prior to that date, but this was the first full-fledged newspaper. Its editor was Joseph Othell York, who was from the farming community of Belfont, just east of Harrison. The society editor was from Springdale, and she had what I think is my favorite student reporter name, Ali Umba. (laughs) Issues printed during the first year were similar to those that followed throughout most of the 20th century. Four pages with news, opinion, feature, and sports, plus advertising mixed in to pay for the printing. Some of the stories and editorials have changed, though. In 1908, for instance, the editor advocated that the city of Fayetteville pave the crossings at streets, which were still dirt in those days and became a mess after a heavy rain. After his success, William Jernigan took some space to congratulate the newspaper itself, saying, quote, And now, O oh happy thought, where once the mud caused us to say wicked words, there is a new cement walk. Where once the mud bubbled up around our chin, now we pass, like the children of Israel, through the Red Sea, dry shod. Is this the power of the press? Well, rather. (laughs) Cement sidewalks don't get a lot of news coverage today. Meanwhile, other issues have remained central to coverage in the editorial pages across the decades. For instance, since the first automobiles appeared on campus, there has never been enough parking, apparently. Perennially, a news reporter eventually writes about the inability to find a parking space or the infernal cost of parking stickers or even the high cost of a parking ticket. In 1979, the student cartoonist Mike Galden drew a highway sign with one arrow pointed left to the University of Arkansas campus and a second arrow pointed right to the Siloam Springs branch of the UA parking lot. He also drew a comic strip called Wild Bill that depicted three administrators who thought they had figured out how to solve the parking problem at last. Says one... We simply divide the existing spaces in two, doubling the number of spaces. Well, you know how that worked out. In 1920, the editors of the University Weekly began thinking about doubling their output. 
A paper shortage during World War I had waned, and the only thing they needed to publish twice a week was a new name. University Weekly just didn't cut it. They sponsored a contest among students to propose new potential names. There was no dearth of entries. Some were mascot-themed, the wild boar, razorback grunts, or the pigpen echoes. Others were boringly stayed, the university voice, the student opinion, and the student forum. <laughs> Editors ostensibly chose what they considered the three best entries, the Arkansas Traveler, the Arkansas Rooter, and just the Plain Traveler, and put them before the student body for a popular vote. The Arkansas Traveler won by a nearly two-to-one margin. Turned out, two students had submitted the Arkansas Traveler, Septimus Kent and Robert Leffler. The editor said Septimus had submitted his first, and so he won the prize. Across the years, editors warned about various dangers, alcohol, cigarettes, and objectionable dancing. After reading a study that showed non-smokers scored considerably higher on exams than smokers, one editor wrote, quote, Ho, ye long, lank, sallow-faced, short-winded, weak-hearted, yellow-fingered, pimpled-faced, cigarette fiend, listen to this. Throw away that coffin tack. Brush the smoking off your clothes. Grasp something solid with your nerveless fingers. Straighten up your back and try to fix the apparatus in your think shop. <laughs> Another editorialized against such dances as the shimmy, the camelback, and the scissors. The newspaper, however, did support efforts to regulate these lascivious campus dances voluntarily rather than through university regulations. Which makes sense because if a regulation prevents a dance by its name, what will the same dance be called next year, right? Speaking of dancing, the first woman elected editor of the student newspaper, Mabel Claire Gold, was a dancer, too, and limber enough to touch her toe to the top of her forehead, from behind. But Gold's real talent was in running a newspaper. She grew up in a newspaper family and worked at the local paper, the Fayetteville Democrat, while she was a student. The local newspaper lauded her choice and reported that, quote, Miss Gold has a thorough understanding of the newspaper field, both the mechanical and the news which I'll say takes some limberness, too. Leading up to both World War I and World War II, the newspaper could be counted on to editorialize in favor of peace right up until the point that America went to war. And then the newspaper worked hard to support the troops through both word and deed. In World War II, for instance, the newspaper staff gathered funds to ship the student newspaper to alumni serving overseas. They collected typewriters that were defunct and used them for scrap metal while there was a metal shortage on. They also began sending their news copy to the printer on the Fayetteville Square by bicycle when gas rationing prevented the taxi service from taking it. Some chores, though, were more serious. Dorothy Stuck, the editor in 1943, had the unenviable job of writing an obituary for a classmate, Rimmel Dudley, who was aboard the light cruiser Helena when it sank after being struck by three torpedoes in the South Pacific. She wrote, I knew Rimmel Dudley. He was tall, red-headed, and... A swell fellow. He was one of those people you automatically like. It was always Rimmel who saw that the mashed potatoes were served hot instead of cold at the high school banquets. It was always Rimmel who saw that every student was invited and came to the high school functions. It was always Rimmel who saw that each visitor got a good rush at the sorority formal. This isn't the only Rimmel Dudley, she continued writing. You know others. Boys who are clean and good and fine. Boys who have brilliant futures. Boys that you, your hometown, possibly your state, and even your nation will miss. As it turned out, Rimmel Dudley hadn't died. No one could have been happier to write a correction than was Dorothy Stuck. 
Today, the Arkansas Traveler continues to publish the same menu of news, opinion, feature, and sports, although most of that publication happens online with an audience as wide as the world. Occasionally, though, they still publish a printed newspaper, usually with a specific focus about an issue of the day. It's sort of like recording a retro LP vinyl album. And sure enough, students and staff and faculty stop by the news racks to pick up a copy. Charlie Allison is the executive editor of University Relations at the University of Arkansas. Most Wednesdays this year, he's digging in to the first 150 years of the U of A's history. There are other observations of the school's sesquicentennial taking place, and you can find out about them at 150.uark.edu.